Hello and welcome to Casting Seeds, where you, the listener, get to decide, is this topic biblically casting pearls or planting seeds? I'm Savannah, your host. I'm a holistic health practitioner, body worker, alignment specialist, herbalist, and small business owner. I'm also a wife and most importantly, Christian. This podcast is where you get to use God's singular truth for your discernment in individualized healthcare. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I'm Savannah, your host. And I'm Jeremiah, your co-host. Also my husband. <laughs> I just have to claim that every time. Um, and we're super excited for the second episode on Holistic 101. Uh, we realized that I get similar questions that pop up all the time, whether it be from family, friends, clients, and or just people on the street or at church, <laughs> depending on who we're talking to. And I wanted a cohesive episode of... It was, by the way, it was really hard to narrow down just five questions and also try to do broad questions that's going to cover a good scope of what holistic health is and what it truly means to the Lord. So we are so excited to jump into that. But first, uh, I wanted to give a little caveat because we, you'd think in the first episode, we would have explained what is Casting Seeds and why did we name our podcast Casting Seeds. But the first episode was actually filmed a year ago and Jeremiah was actually pretty iffy about posting that episode just because we were going through so much and it was literally just us being raw and recording where we were after our second back-to-back miscarriage. Uh, We've now had four since then but we were really hurting at that time and I think we were testing and seeing we knew God had put podcasting on our hearts, but we weren't sure on the timing. And after filming parts of the second episode and trying to do a third, we just knew that it really wasn't the right timing, but we wanted people to hear us where we were really raw a year ago. And um, so that, I mean, that episode is going to be very different from everything else that you're going to hear from here on out, especially I think just mood wise too, wouldn't you say love? Yeah. I mean, not that we were in a dark place, but like we, we were really relying on each other and God and we, it's difficult, especially at the start of our, our, our marriage. And we we went through a lot really fast and yeah. in our first year of marriage. Yeah. Cause we were married September of 2022. Mm -hmm. And then by that, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day, we had our first miscarriage, and then Christmas Day, we had our second. Yeah, and we've been talking about casting seeds since, what, 2022? No, since since 2021. 21, yeah. And now it's 2024. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've really been praying about this for a long time, and um, Jeremiah is the one who actually came up with the idea, and that's why I'm going to, especially for people who aren't Christian, which this was a great note from a friend who wasn't a Christian who heard it, they didn't understand what casting seeds meant and that it was a play on two different parables in the Bible. And also too, this is all on my Instagram under podcast and stories where you can get basically catch up on voting as well for whether or not something was casting seeds, or I'm sorry, planting seeds or casting pearls. Um, but also the definition and explanation of what casting seeds is and how to vote is under podcast on my stories um, on Holistically Savvy. So planting seeds comes from Matthew 13, 
It's the parable of the sower learning prayerful discernment and Jesus's description of someone planting seeds in the four types of soil. There's the hard path, the rocky path, the thorny path, and the good soil. Jesus later explains to his disciples that the seeds represent the gospel and how the sower responds to the gospel and how it's proclaimed. So as Christians, we understand basically at the end of the day, what type of seed we are and what we became and also witnessing people who claim to have been following Christ. And we can kind of represent each person through those seeds. So when we talk about planting seeds, when a seed actually takes here on the podcast, what we're saying is, did something new take root? And was it a positive new experience and new knowledge that you're actually going to apply to your life? So that means that there is a response, just like when people turn and respond to the gospel, there's repentance, there's acknowledgement of who they are, where they're stumbling, what they're messing up on, and where they need to change. And that doesn't mean it necessarily has to be announced to everybody like, oh, I used to suck at this and now I'm doing this. But um, it's a heart change, right? So, which is the most important thing. And that's what we're trying to represent here. So if an idea, especially with Holistic 101, that's going to be aired right now, if an idea really truly takes root in you, we would love to hear about that. And that's why this podcast is also about individual discernment, because some things are singular. It's God's truth. There's the, That is the only truth. And then there's individualized discernment within that scope of singular truth, especially when it comes to healthcare. Um, so then on the latter side, there's casting pearls, which I know a lot of non-Christians have actually heard of that before, and they know it's a negative thing, but that's the thing. It's not necessarily negative. I think it gets scoped on as a all-encompassing, like, ooh, you casted pearls. Like, that means it fell on deaf ears, and people think that they're being called swine. But Actually, so this is also in Matthew. It's Matthew 7. Jesus gives an explanation on discernment and how to judge when or if it's time to share the gospel message. So the gospel message is a pearl in itself. And what God is trying to say here is the gospel message is valuable. It's life-changing. It gives you everlasting life. You are now never going to experience death ever because of this, right? So it's not calling people swine. It's just if someone looks at something that's very valuable and doesn't have the understanding of what it is, what God is saying in that point in time is your your mind is like swine. Like you can't comprehend what's in front of you. A swine would see a pearl and just chew it or leave it alone and not see the value in it. But a human being would see a pearl and be like, oh my gosh, so much can change now. I can sell this. I can keep it. You know, So that's what is being said there. Pigs don't appreciate pearls, basically. And some people don't appreciate what Christ has done for them. The same goes for sharing or understanding any valuable information. A pearl to you may not have value, but the next person it may have. So if you say this episode is casting a pearl or there are things in it that are pearl-like to you, it doesn't mean that you're swine. It could mean that, you know, I already knew that information. This was not new information to me. This kind of felt like a waste of time. To me, this was casting a pearl. Or I completely disagree with the discernment that Savannah and Jeremiah have or that the Bible has because people are going to be listening to this and disagree with God's word. And you know what? It's offensive. <laughs> yeah. And it's and that's the whole point of this episode or all the episodes, all of Casting Seeds is some things are going to be offensive. Some things are going to be like pearls to you and other things are going to take root and be like seeds. And each time there is a season for 
every step. Like Jeremiah and I, we've had to go through learning all of these things that I'm going to talk about today in Holistic 101. It has taken me years of understanding some of these things. And for me, they're basic, but for others, they're brand new news. And for others, they may not like what they're hearing. They may be like, this is crazy. I would never do this. That's fine. That's the whole point of having a holistic lifestyle, figuring out what God's truly calling you to do in this moment and at this point of time. So uh, I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. I really hope you um, enjoy what casting seeds is and um, understand that whether or not we're casting information away, hopefully and prayerfully, they'll all become seeds. That's why we called it and stuck with casting seeds because if some people pick a seed up and they see a pearl and they're like the swine and they don't get it and other people pick it up and they go, whoa, I can grow this. I can use this and like, great. So we can't wait to hear your response to what casting seeds is. We can't wait to hear how you vote. We'd love to get your emails at casting seeds. Is it casting.seeds podcast? Castingseeds.podcast at gmail.com. Okay. Castingseeds.podcast at gmail.com. So and it, we'll have all this information down, but that was the that's the whole gist of why we're doing what we're doing and I'd say, if anything, this is almost like the true episode one. Well, that was just an introduction into who you were. That's what I'm saying. To me, this is the true episode one because this is more valuable information. This is what people are here for. So enjoy, you guys, and I can't wait to cast seeds with you. Question number one. What are some key steps you would recommend to someone who wants to establish a strong foundation for the holistic health practices. So holistic health in general, like what would, what would I recommend for someone to start doing? Yeah. So like, you know, getting water filtration or changing out their soaps or being picky on what food and produce they're buying or (laughs) going to the gym. None of those things. Oh, well (laughs) just quit, you know? (laughs) No. No, I'm just saying, I think the first and healthiest step to ask is, what were you doing this for? Honestly, because if you are going into holistic health and you're doing it for your husband, (laughs) I'm just kidding, uh, your kids, if you're doing it for anyone besides the Lord, you're going to fail. And I don't mean that in a way where it's like someone, a non-Christian is going to sit here and be like, oh, well, great. There's no point of me listening to this podcast. That's not true. The point is, for you to understand that when you take care of your body as an image bearer of Christ himself, and when you're taking care of his creation, which is what he ordained us to do as Christians, as followers of Christ, that's what encompasses holistic health from the get-go. So if you don't start seeing your life as an image bearer, then you're going to start getting into weird spiritual stuff because holistic health has to do with your mind your physical flesh, right? So self-control of your mind and your flesh and your the spirit. <laughs> and you have to let the spirit lead you. So my first thing that I ask a lot of people and they don't realize I'm asking it unless they're Christian. I'll say, who are you doing this for? Why are you doing this? Is it because of an injury? Are you doing this because you feel sick all the time? That's great if that's an initial lead, but truly why are you doing this? 
because this is going to be a lifestyle change. Your whole life is about to change to really fix your shoulder injury or to fix your chronic inflammation in your liver or to help your child who has possible hearing loss, right? So yeah, these things. Just curious, why did you go straight to hearing loss? I just had a, I had a client talk to me not too long ago oh, about okay. draining their child's ears. Mm. And um, so that, and, and one of the biggest things, we talked on the phone for an hour. And one of the biggest things was having that discussion of like, it is, it's difficult because all these things that are a possibility of what could be the issue are going to have to be lifestyle changes at the end of the day. And so we went into finances and all that other stuff and just understanding that God gives us grace and it's okay to take things one step at a time, um, which is the other part of that as well. Besides asking who you're doing it for, I think it's good to understand like <laughs> the holistic approach has to fit your lifestyle. I think everyone thinks that like, okay, well now I have to start changing up my water, getting all these air filters, doing only buying organic. All those things are great, but they're also just kind of, I mean, they can add up expense wise. And it's also getting to the heart of what is your actual problem. And then the third thing being, what is your goal? What's your health goal? So first asking yourself, who are you doing this for? Second one, um, understand like the holistic approach that's going to fit your lifestyle Right. And then the third one saying, okay, within the lifestyle and all of that stuff, I love these. These are great things that I want, but what's my overall goal? Do I want a pain-free lifestyle? Am I really frustrated with my movement, with my swing when I'm playing golf or whatever it is? Um, the fourth thing I would say is build a good network, find people that are interested in the same things that have the same questions or find practitioners or people that you trust and really do research on them. Uh, the fifth thing is having discipline of not just trying and doing self-care, but being okay with failing, having discipline and being able to fail and being joyful through every aspect of it. Um, the sixth thing is probably prioritizing your nutrition and movement. You know, that's obviously a priority if you're going to be doing this lifestyle choice. And seventh is to explore holistic modalities, not being afraid to try new things. And, um, sometimes that does mean forking over money. Um, uh, but in a lot of ways, it's actually more so the time, putting in the time and the effort, which a lot of people think that they don't have, especially in suburban lifestyle. Um, I would also say eight is to monitor your progress. A lot of people don't take pictures of themselves when they first start. And then all of a sudden, two years later, they're like, I don't feel any different. And then they look at themselves and like, wait, I look so good. I look so different and I actually am way more joyful and I actually am walking a lot better with Christ and I'm actually loving people better. Um, not so saying, having grace with yourself. Yes. That's actually the ninth thing. That's mm. my last tip is having grace and staying committed. That's mm. uh, Jeremiah didn't know that by the way. No, I didn't. I haven't <laughs> looked at any of her notes. Um, she knows my questions. That's it. I, I know them generally. He's kind of, kind of, I change them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the last one is, and for this one specifically, I had to know the question so that I could have especially biblical input and answers where most of the time I, like the first interview, I had no idea what the questions were. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so that was difficult. That was fun. But the, yeah, nine is giving grace and stay, honestly staying committed because in order to truly see through holistic health, you have to understand that just the same way when you're walking with Christ, there's going to be life hits you. <laughs> We're living in a sinful world full of evil and um, not saying the enemy has control 
over us, right? As Christians and as image bearers. But he, I mean, Satan has control over this world Mm -hmm. and he can allow things to happen around us. And though we don't give glorify him and give him any rhetoric in it, I think it's a good thing to understand like, hey, I can sit here and have control of the things that I put in my mouth, the things Mm -hmm. that come out of my mouth and also what I do and how I live for Christ. So those are great answers. Love. Um, you ready for question number two? Yeah. All right. What are some strategies for people who think they can't afford a holistic lifestyle? Um, strategy number one, I want you guys to all look in the mirror and say, get behind me, Satan, for I do not know you because every single person can afford a holistic lifestyle. You don't need finances to be with Jesus. (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um, and not what I was going to say. So now I feel like I'm inadequate to finish the rest <laughs> of my answer. Uh, no, but what Jeremiah said is true. Um, but what I was going to say on a secondary practical note uh, is you need to start putting your money where your mouth is. If you are truly into holistic health care, then that means you're into preventative care. And preventative care means that it doesn't have to be 100% holistic. It can also be allopathic medicine, which allopathic means that you're seeing a Western care doctor. Um, It means that you're going in for your checkups, you know? It means that you're getting your dental cleaning or whatever. You're going to see someone like me to make sure that once every six months your body's okay and you're in good alignment so that when you go press that barbell, you're not going to snap something and then end up needing an expensive surgery. So yeah, I mean, to me, holistic health in that realm, it actually ends up saving you so much more money. But let's talk about the other small step practical things that you can do if you're not down the line dealing with something a lot more serious. If you're just interested in holistic health and you want to get to know your body better, Um, there's a really great book called body wise. Uh, I took a bunch of notes and kind of added my own Christianese into it to make it less kind of guru-y, but body wise is actually a really great book and we'll put it in the show notes, uh, just about body awareness and how people can start understanding their body better. Um, another thing is just understanding your own finances and knowing where you need to start. Because when it comes to understanding your own finances, then you can know how much you can actually afford and what you can do. So you can save up to see someone like me if you feel like you can't afford it. You can um, do your own actual research and look into different products and see what is holistic. But let me tell you guys, if you actually just start growing your own food, which you can just get the organic food at the grocery store from your local farmer's market. There's a lot of seeds that you can get from those things and grow them yourself. If you're willing to be patient, um, you will have such an over production of like your harvest that you'll start giving those things away. Like Jeremiah and I, when we harvest from our own backyard, not saying everyone has a backyard, but you can also grow things in your home and on your front little patio. Um, What I'm trying to say is that there are so many ways for you to do holistic health and it's just figuring out what interests you the most and what works out financially best for you. Um, 
the other aspect of that is I think a lot of people hear that and they go, oh, well, Savannah, all of those rich people like Joe Rogan and I don't know, I can't even list all of the holistic people out there who claim that they're like super into holistic things only and then they don't really live a 100% holistic lifestyle or I should say a sustainable lifestyle. Uh, sustainability is sometimes not a choice for everybody. There are people like Jeremiah and I, we don't live super wealthy. I would say we are really blessed with the things that we have, but we definitely are checking in with our finances weekly and making sure that we can afford rent right now. It's not perfect, but we're, we gave God our financial burden and he's blessing us in so many different ways, especially for us leaning on friends and family and just we're being blessed in ways you guys that we could not even ever explain yeah each moment is a gift from god yeah really and that's the thing the real question is at the end of the day if you're a christian listening to this are you really putting your money where your mouth is financially by trusting the lord and do you want to work with the creator of our world who can bless you in every single way possible especially in the way that he holy h-o-l-y holistically created it, which means we can grow our own food. We can grow our own medicine. We can make our own laundry detergent. That's way cheaper and way better for you. Way better for you. Our soaps, our own shampoos, and our own conditioners. You can learn to sew your own clothes. And guess what? All of those things are actually so fun when you start doing it. And I literally clapped because I got excited, but they really are. They're so fun. Yeah. Plug for date night. Yeah. And honestly, if you don't think those things are fun, if you don't get excited when you hear about the way your body changes when you're eating certain things or trying certain things, or you just made a shirt for your husband for the first time, if those things don't excite you, you're probably not very into holistic lifestyle and sustainability. And guess what? If you're not, that's okay. We're not all called to this type of lifestyle, but that's what I'm here to help with conviction and help you guys understand that there are little things that you can do. You don't have to live as a homesteader by yourself in some tiny plot of land or huge plot of land and be isolated. God isn't calling us to do that. God's calling us to live by his word, which means we're going to be around people. We have to share the gospel, right? So at the end of the day, it really is figuring out holistically what fits into my life right now in this season. What is God calling me to do? Is he calling me to fix my leg pain and honor him through that? Is he calling me to start going through the chemicals in and around our home? Is he calling me to pay attention to my child's health, my husband's health, my own health, and vice versa for husbands to check in with those things as well? But these are questions that you need to be having if you're married with your husband or with your wife. And these are questions that you need to be asking yourself if you're single and whether or not these things are important to you, especially when it comes to dating and lifestyle, because who you marry is a forever person. And you want to make sure that you're making the right decisions and figure out what's genuinely important to you. So if anyone ever tells you you can't afford a holistic lifestyle, they you can I can tell you right now, if you believe that, then you are making every single excuse in the book to not have any accountability over your own flesh, over your own mind, over your own heart, zero accountability. Because what you're saying is I don't want to check in. I don't care about seeing what I can do to cut costs on things. I don't care. 
Um, I don't want to care. And I just want to find a cure all fix it pill. And guess what? 10 out of 10 people still die. There's no such thing as a cure all. So you'll be searching for that for the rest of your life. And unfortunately, if you're not saved, you're going to go to hell (laughs) and then wish that you found the true cure all, which is only Jesus. So He's the only one that's going to give us a perfect body at the end of the day. But and I don't I don't mean this to sound really sad or um I guess really heavy because I know finances are a big topic for people. Uh Jeremiah and I both didn't grow up with the most healthy mindsets around finances, so that's something that we're even still struggling with. Uh not with each other. We can talk about it communicative communicative wise, but just those things. These are all, all of these things, all of these stressors are a huge part of holistic health. And, um, I want you guys to know that you can start anywhere. And my biggest recommendation is to start with stress. And normally stress comes under finances or finances go under stress. So, um, I hope that helps. And I just, I wish that was something that I knew 10 years ago and how to prepare myself and, how to do pr- true preventative care and not just do things that were very surface level when it came to holistic health, but also everyone starts somewhere. I just wish I stopped. I started with my, my whole foot in the water, not a pinky toe in for as long as I did very surfacey. So, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think maybe I would have just dove in instead because I feel like having one foot in and one foot out, I was more of a, like, I still want my sugar, you know? Like, I still get to that point where it's like, oh, I still crave sugar. But our household, we don't have any cane sugar. Not anymore, no. Not anymore. So, yeah. You have to make sacrifices. <laughs> so sacrifices are now real. Now you know Jeremiah's true vice. Everyone is sugar. And, yeah, it is actually hard in our household. Can't make a Belgian waffle without some good cane sugar. It's not true. There are so many others. It doesn't taste the same. Anyway... I can't wait to hear what question three is. Okay. Well, for the next question, in your opinion, does a person in the healthcare industry need to have a certain physical appearance to attract clients? Uh, well, aesthetically, is that what you're saying? Yeah, aesthetically. I do think a certain appearance does attract clients I think that happens all the time, especially because of social media, which is unfortunate because a lot of those people who may look aesthetically pleasing to the eye, normally a lot of them have no idea what they're talking about. Not saying that some don't, like some do, but a lot of them don't. Photoshop. Well, there is, man, so many people edit their photos first and foremost, but I mean, outside of that, let's say you're walking, I mean, you're at the gym, right? And you see a really, you know, unhealthy looking person saying, hey, come join my fitness classes. I'm pretty sure that person's not going to get very many clients as opposed to the man who looks like a cloud in the corner, just like every part of him looks shaped and sculpted. (laughs) So, I mean, I do think that there is a certain aesthetic look that does help bring in clientele, but... Does that mean that they're necessarily healthy? No. Um, I'll use my own life as an example. I 
when I was modeling, I looked aesthetically pleasing to the eye. I would get compliments all the time and people would tell me how beautiful I was, but I knew that I would binge eat and then go vomit. I knew that I would go, and this is because I couldn't play soccer anymore. So my I was used to a certain calorie intake and I was used to being able to eat whatever I want. And then I just started thinning out nonstop and I felt horrible. Um, and then I started getting like a little lower gut tummy. And then I thought like the only way to handle it was vomiting basically. So when it comes to whether or not somebody looks attractive, does that mean that they're healthy? I would say no. I think it would be good to get to know each healthcare representative that you want on your team. You don't have to necessarily know their own individual health history because that's private information and I don't think that's appropriate to ask, but I do think it's good to pick their brain because you're not paying them for their looks. You're paying them for their knowledge. And the older someone is, it doesn't mean they're going to necessarily be more or less attractive, but there are signs of unhealthiness. And I can explain that to you. Discoloration is a great representation. I mean, think of swelling. If, if you thought of your ankle swelling, you're going to be like, well, there's a problem there. But it's funny because a lot of people don't think of that with their gut right? Like, oh, my stomach's just distended after I eat certain things. That's a red flag. (laughs) It's not a healthy thing for you to have in your body. It's the same thing with um, not just swelling, but I would say cellular inflammation causes a ton of things like fatigue or sagginess, not just of the skin, but like whole body parts. And I mean, and also too, for women after breastfeeding, like they have like their breasts can deflate. And that doesn't mean that their body isn't healthy because their breasts deflated and they're not as perky anymore. It means that their body just worked hard and went through something. And it's not going to have the same elasticity because they had to swell up for breastfeeding. So I'm not saying that you can't go get things fixed or done aesthetically by any means. But what I am saying is when your body starts changing, it's telling you something. And it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's bad or unhealthy. It doesn't always necessarily mean that it is healthy. When you lose the last one third of your eyebrow, your body's talking to you. Don't just go fill it in. If you start to lose hair on your head, if you start to grow hair on your face and you're a woman, if you start getting uh, dark spots, if you have dark under eyes, if you have, I mean, there's so many things that I could list. There are literally hundreds of things. Sounds like we need a different episode. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, even body odor. I mean, there's, I wish I could just list them all. But what I'm saying is if something is out of your normal neutral and it's not comfortable, you don't like it and you don't find it attractive before you just go cover it up, maybe first go get checked out by a holistic health practitioner or a naturopathic doctor or a holistic nutritionist, whatever, and figure out what's wrong and then see, is this just an aesthetic thing or is this actually a healthcare concern? That's my professional opinion. Yeah. So listening to you go through this and give you the, give this description. It makes me think about Job and when he was going through all of his hurts and Mm. everybody around him was witnessing to what he was going through. And they just automatically assumed that, you know, he must be doing, he must be committing sins and just going against God and everything. Cause he's obviously, he's being punished from the outside view. Yeah. He looked, he was sick. He had boils. Yeah. So something was wrong. 
little did they know that he's everything was he's fine. the number one. Yeah. No, that's a great representation. And that might be a good thing for people to check in. Like, yeah. We could add that to the show notes. Yeah, the whole book of Job. The whole book of Job. <laughs> you can, <laughs> you I'll imagine? give you a PDF. <laughs> email you a bible you know what too we would still get complaints because i bet you it wouldn't be in the correct uh what is it version Mm. bible version (laughs) some people would complain at some point either way um i guess maybe it's a good check-in check-in to see is your problem truly a problem is it a healthcare problem or are you job (laughs) yeah you're doing it all right but you're just going through it yeah, exactly. I like that. Thank you, love. Yeah. Let's go to the next question. I'm ready. All right. Uh, for the next question, I, I know you've touched a lot about this, and it might sound a little redundant for our listeners, but for Christians who believe that holistic health practices conflict with biblical teachings, how would you respond to those beliefs and what are some biblical principles that support a holistic approach to healthy health and wellness? Ooh, that sounded very professional. Thank you for asking that question, actually. Um, I don't think this is a redundant question at all because I think a lot of people will then ask, well, if I know I'm going to heaven, why does it matter how I take care of my body? Um, so... which I think is one of the most frustrating questions or answers and responses that I've ever heard in my life. Because, yeah, anyway. um, We see truth in verses like Proverbs 16.25. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, that leads to death. And as much as possible, stepping outside of the media and Google doctors and all that stuff, we want to look for God's word and what builds strength and health right? So food is energy, but food can't give life. Only God can give life. Uh, Don't labor after food that perishes. Jesus talks about that in John 6, um, verses 26 through 58. Jesus answered them saying, "Um, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the leaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food that which in which perish it <laughs> do not labor for the food which perishes that's what I was trying to say but for the food which endures everlasting life which the son of man will give you because god the father has set his seal on him jesus stood and crying out saying if anyone thirsts also for him let him come to me and drink he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's John 7, 37 through 39 is the whole thing. Um, but whether you're eating, whether you're drinking, it doesn't matter because all of this will perish, right? So I do agree with what they're saying, but John Piper has a great saying for this kind of reflecting to the people who are like, oh, well then if Jesus just provides it all, I can just sit here and do nothing. I can just breathe and he'll provide. Um, he says, faith doesn't stop us from eating, but it stops gluttony. It doesn't stop sleep, but it keeps us from being a sluggard. It doesn't stop sexual appetite, but you know it stops us from sexual sinning. So my goal is to take back what is being glorified to God and not worshiping it. Because a lot of people go into, well, if you truly love 
this aspect of God's creation, then you must worship it. That's an, a way of worshiping God. And that's not true. I don't worship you as my husband because I love you. I worship Christ because I love you as my husband. And it's the same thing with holistic health, with my health, with all of that in general. So I think people get mad at me because I don't worship his creation. They assume that because I don't worship the flower outside, I must not understand the flower and how it works with our body because I don't worship your armpit. I don't know how your armpit works with the rest of your body. And that unfortunately is not how it works. So when it comes to holistic health and whether or not it's a necessity biblically, absolutely it's a necessity. It's a necessity to understand how God created us, how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, how his creation works with his intelligent design, and why it's so important to understand the balances of that creation, right? And because we're a part of creation, we're a part of that intelligent design, and how we understand it is then edified and how we can glorify him. Final question here. Generally... What has been the easiest and the hardest transitions that you have witnessed to people transitioning from like a regular lifestyle to a holistic lifestyle? Ooh, ah, the easiest and the hardest. Hmm. I would say the hardest overall is probably dealing with stress, stress levels in general, because stress affects every single aspect of inflammation and um, just body function that you have. My herbalist teacher, Shana, made a really great point. She made the example of like if someone's a lawyer and even though they went and picked up a green smoothie and they were drinking it on their way to work, but if they're driving, stressed out, screaming on the phone, you know, doing whatever, just stressed in general, that it doesn't matter how healthy that green smoothie was your digestion is not going to absorb the nutrients properly that it like that it should and there was a purpose too of sitting down and eating and enjoying food with your family and relaxing and having conversations with people like there really was a purpose for that and Shane is not a Christian by the way and that's why I really love that Jesus showed sitting down in community and made he made meals very very purposeful um not saying that he didn't probably teach about some sort of types of nutrition and stuff that isn't necessarily spoken about in the bible but i will say he made it very clear what it did community wise and how it did relax people and how much more approachable he was as you know god and man I think that goes to every single fiber of our being personally. When we're sitting and having genuine discussions about Christ or about our community, about our friends and our family, if we're able to really mull over our day, over our meals and check in and, you know, heart probe a little bit and say, how was that? Was that hard for you? How can I help you? How can I support you? You tend to have a very different lifestyle. And you're able to not stress out as much about every little thing because you feel like you have a community. But that's even just mental stress, let alone 
then on top of like if you actually have a chronic injury that's causing inflammation or you have a, a chronic gut pain, chronic inflammation in your brain, if you have an over plethora of parasites, because if you're living, you have parasites. There are some that aren't horrible for you, but same thing with bacteria. There's good gut bacteria, good microbiome, even same thing with like vaginally and in your colon so um, and in your mouth. There's all sorts of really good types of bacterias, but when you have an over plethora of it or sometimes bad bacteria comes in, either way, what I'm trying to say is summing it up, stress causes way more mitochondria inflammation. And for most people, I would say figuring out what truly your stressors are and taking a step back and allowing them to actually either leave your life or be reset is hard because most of those stressors are things that we don't think about. And some people feel like, well, my main stress is my job and I feel like I can't leave it because I'm stuck on cash. Well, okay, if your main stress is your job, then what are you doing to support that when you get home or when you're off of your job? Are you setting healthy boundaries at your job? So it's just a lot of accountability that I think a lot of people don't want to hear and they don't want to fix because it is a lot of work. But the more you put it off, the harder it gets because you get stuck in kind of a anti-functional lifestyle and then you're in fight or flight chronically. And caffeine makes it worse, which no one likes to hear, but it's true. So that's probably the worst. So as far as the easiest thing I could think of, it's kind of hard because every person is different and it depends on your circumstance. So it depends. <laughs> 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 I felt like I really had to breathe there. So I like took a big breath off off the uh, mic and <laughs> it was really stupid. I'm just not going to, I'm going to do this normally. So basically, <laughs> the easiest thing that I think anyone can do is do a check-in because it's going to vary for each person. Uh, like for me, the one of the very first steps I took was actually changing from doing like buying big bulk, um, expensive, crazy chemical laundry to making my own laundry. And it ended up being so much cheaper, like so much cheaper. And that's actually why I started uh, was because I thought, oh my gosh, I could save so much money. And then my clothes ended up smelling better and being more clean. And then I started becoming really, I was like, whoa, everything's full of gnarly chemicals. So like that was one of the things that triggered me to go down a route of like making my own stuff. But that's the thing for, that's not the case for every single person making their own stuff like is very time consuming and also not something that they may want to make time for. So I personally think the easiest first step that you could make is a wellness check and a body check. So what's a body check? A body check is called body awareness. Um, and I do teach it to my clients and basically it's being okay with not being okay. Mm. So standing in front of a mirror or sitting down, you don't have to stand in front of a mirror the first time if you don't want, that can be kind of gnarly for some people. But even just laying down on your bed and literally touching every single part on your body and feeling like, whoa, did that hurt? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Was yeah. that painful? Was that comfortable when I touched that? Was that, and not like, I don't mean, it's not about a pleasure time. I mean, that's something you do with your husband. <laughs> but it's more understanding 
what hurts and what doesn't hurt what and understanding what feels neutral like when I touch this part of my body nothing happens it feels totally fine because once you start understanding what your true neutral is then when you start adding in herbs and supplements or even allopathic medicine if you end up taking um, other medicines and uh, getting chiropractic done stretching working out you're going to find new neutrals or you're going to be like whoa when I worked out this now hurts really badly. But if you've never experienced soreness before, you're you're not going to know that that's actually a pretty neutral feeling, which does happen all the time in my office, by the way. I'll work on people who have worked out and then they're like, I'll touch it. And they're like, oh my gosh, that feels really bruisey. And I'll say, okay, does it feel bruisey or does it feel sore? Because those are two different distinct feelings. So um, I also within the next week or so after this podcast goes out, I'm going to be putting up a list of body awareness words that people can use, but I'll give you guys a little sneak peek now on things that you can do, even to check in with your own children. But when you touch something, I want you to ask, does it feel good or bad? Step one, does this feel good? Does it feel bad? If it feels good, great. Does it feel pleasurable or does it feel neutral? If it one of those, that's where that ends basically. If it feels good or bad, if it's good, it's either pleasurable or neutral, great. Now let's get to the bad because the bad is what has all of this like huge umbrella of different terms and you can make up whatever you want. You can also change things down or simplify them, but it's also checking in and being, okay, I'm touching this. Let's start with like, if we use the elements with like earth, fire, water, and wind, that's what they do in a lot of Eastern modalities. You can also not use this at all. Um, but a really good one is to be like, okay, if I think of fire, I think of burning, burning sensations, hot sensations. So when I touch it, does it feel hot to touch? Does it feel like it's burning? Especially when I push down on it, does it have a burning? Does it feel irritated? When I think of all of that type of hot, that this is just a way of, I, this is how I kind of thought of it. Um, another one is like, so now you think of earth, right? Um, does it smell funky? Does it smell like fungus? Does it smell like wood? Is it hard like wood? Is it squishy and soft like sand? Like it's more textures, right? Another way to go also is with water. Think of water, think of cold. Is it cold to touch? Does it feel like, my, is my heart beating really fast? Do I feel like flow happening a lot? Is it overly beating? Is it calming down? Is this area sensitive and bruisey? Does it, um, all that kind of stuff. The last one is air. And when I think of air, I think of like electricity. I think of, um, kind of, yeah, I just think, I just think more of electrical because I think of lightning. So does it feel stagnant? Does it feel electrical or tingly? You don't have to use the space, but sometimes having those visuals is really nice, especially when you're trying to communicate to kids. What does it feel like? Does your mouth feel dry like a desert? Does your tongue feel extra wet and watery? Um, are your eyes dry? So that's there's so see how it can like relate to everything. And using the five senses is a really good way to go about it too. Yeah. But if some people don't know how to break off from those five senses. Um, and I few people have asked me to write like a booklet or a pamphlet, like a little holistic 101 pamphlet on those things so that they can talk to their kids or their spouses and understand their own bodies better. And it is something Jeremiah and I are considering. It's just a whole other brooch of a project. So in the meantime, I can do a post on Instagram 
and you guys can follow it from there. But I hope those questions helped. I, um, I wish I could summarize it even better. It's hard because it is individualized, but because it's individualized, that's what makes it so beautiful where the accountability really is thrown into your guys's lap. And honestly, if you guys skipped over this entire episode and if I could just bring it in with one really important thing, it's please do not run away from your responsibility as an image bearer and accountability to take care of what God has given you. I'm begging you. And whether or not you're a Christian, you're still an image bearer. You were made in the image of God. You were. The longer you take, it's going to get harder. Yes, exactly. And your foundation is going to get weaker, especially if you don't have that cornerstone with Christ. So I just, I beg you and I plead you to please understand that holistic healthcare is the most holistic you could ever get or receive because it's so much more than just intake. It's also living out God's word. And that's something that I tried to make clear on my Instagram a lot. Holistic healthcare isn't about like an herbalist. It's not about baking bread. It's not about creating medicine or becoming a homesteader and owning a farm or having animals. It's not about all of that. Anything that you could think of when you think of holistic It's not about doing Ayurveda, I don't know, yoga. I don't know. I don't care. Whatever you think your version of holistic is, it doesn't matter because God's version of what holistic means is living out his word. And that's it. That's the true answer. Holistic is holistic. And um, of course, I'm praying for all of you individually. And I do pray that all of the information that we give here was casting seeds today and that none of you see any of it as pearls. Uh, But at the end of the day, we're all in different seasons as well and not all seeds take, which turns it into a pearl, right? Yeah. So I love you guys. I'm praying for you immensely and I'm so honored and blessed that you are willing to listen to a second episode of casting seeds. And I can't wait for you to hear some of the interviews that we have coming. And um, thank you so much again. God bless. We hope you enjoyed learning how to cultivate God's creation from a biblical perspective. Holistic health is to prioritize whole person wellness through Christ. Like and comment on what topics we're casting seeds or casting pearls. If you found this information provided useful, subscribe to our podcast for future updates, leave a review to help us improve, and share this episode. We would like to remind you before we leave that perfect health cannot be attained in this world. Only spiritual salvation through sanctification and repentance to God and turning away from sin will give you a perfect body in the kingdom come. Nourish yourself in the word, in prayer, and in biblical fellowship daily. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thank you to our listeners for making this podcast possible. Always praying. Keep casting seeds.